Hi, I'm Elizabeth, and I'm a Sagittarius. Hi, I'm Kimmy, and I'm a Gemini. And together, we are Sister Signs. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about the woman of the month, I want to say, Ariana Grande. So in our last episode, we were like, oh no, Cancers, are you okay? Take it all back. We take everything, all the sympathy we had towards Ariana because she is Mrs. Steal Your Man. Mm-hmm. And her birth chart indicates a lot of this stuff, and we're going to break it down in the episode. But as per usual, before we jump into things, we'll do a quick life update, tie it into astrology, talk about how we're doing. So Kimmy, loop us into what's going on right now. Yes. So remember how you told me that during Venus retrograde, we shouldn't plan trips or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Seattle, literally at the start of Venus in retrograde. Like right before I went, I was in the shadow periods or we were all in the shadow period still. While I was packing, I left all of my friendship bracelets here. Wait, what? I didn't know that part. Yeah. You were busy having fun at your bachelorette party, so I didn't want to bum you out. But I was like, dang, I really left all my friendship bracelets. And I like, went store to store trying to find beads to begin with. So I'm really frustrated with myself. And it ruined my mood a little bit for the concert because I just felt so ill-prepared. On top of that, another uh, little Venus mistake, especially when it comes to my appearance, is that my concert outfit was very thrown together at the last minute. And I completely forgot about the fact that I have those red cowboy boots that would have been Oh, it would have been perfect for the outfit. So I'm really bummed because I was like reputation and the fact that they were red. I could have done like red boots, red lips. Totally dropped the ball. If Taylor does a second U.S. tour leg thing, then I will redeem myself then. And then right before I got on my flight, though, I went to happy hour with my coworkers and we had people from another office visiting and I definitely got too wild and had too much fun and like barely made my flight. But while I was at Happy Hour, I also resolved issues with those girls that I used to be friends with at work. And then Mm -hmm. we had a falling out. So I I went to the one that I feel most comfortable around. And we just talked everything through. And she was like, yeah, it was never really anything. It just kind of felt a little weird on both ends. And I was like, okay. But we cleared up. And I think it's fine. Things are still a little awkward at work. But for the most part, I thought it was interesting because that's also a common theme is friends from your past coming back and either clearing the air or like trying to mm-hmm. hang out again yes, that is true that's, that's my crazy update. i didn't know you left behind the friendship bracelets that makes me so sad what are you gonna do with them since i'm going to dallas next weekend anyway i think i'm just gonna bring them with me and give the ones that i made for my friend liz who i went with give her those and then the rest i'll probably keep because i made them for songs that i like yeah, i was just bummed cute. out because then whenever i was at the concert I was so hungover and tired that I didn't really feel like making a ton of bracelets. And I also, I, I just should have brought my beads because my beads are bigger and they would have been faster to make them. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I got to the concert, I just was not in the mood for any trading or anything. And I just felt so bummed out. But that's fine. I still had a great time at the concert. It was just the rest of it. I just felt so unprepared. I guess I can talk about the bachelorette trip I went on. I re-sprained my ankle. I already had a weak ankle to begin with, and we went to two different pool bars, and one of them that I went to had, they had like stone, but it was like still slippery stone, and when I was getting out of the pool, like I immediately slipped, and I caught myself, but my ankle, because it's like already weak, it twisted again, 
And so that was the last full day that I twisted. And then I am a, I'm the type of person I push my body to the limit. So I just push through the pain. I was like, Casey still wants to do stuff tonight. So I'm going to go out regardless. So I still went out, even with my sprained ankle. I just like got through, limped through it, kept up with everyone. And then the next day, I definitely was paying for it because it had swollen up so badly. And then the like the next day after that Monday, I went to physical therapy and I told them, I was like, hey, I re-sprained my ankle. Like it is not looking good. And the guys, yeah, like that tends to happen if like your muscles are already weak around there. So it's pretty normal. But I think it's good that I was already in physical therapy for my ankle because I feel like my ankle is healing a lot faster from this sprain. It's still sore. It still hurts. It's still clicky, but get better. But the bachelorette party, I feel, was like the right amount of wild. I was very comfortable with all the girls I went on a trip with, but we shall see what comes out of it. There was not girl drama, but I definitely think the bachelorette, like, for me, I feel like she crossed a few boundaries with her partner, and I don't know how that's going to play out. Like The bride? Mm-hmm. The bride. Yeah, that's what I mean. Interesting. Yes. Like, some of the things that she did, I told Cody about it. He was like, I would be pissed. And I was like, that's what I feel like would be the normal reaction. But I don't... Who am I to I judge the relationship? You tell me about the sprained ankle, but not about this. I cannot spill the tea on here because... Well, I don't know if she wants that information out there. She's a very open person, but I just don't want to, like, talk about her business like that. That's fair. Without her permission. And I did not get her permission ahead of time. As a Gemini, I love to gossip. So it's I in my nature. I love to gossip, too. And then I, today, we had so much, like, work drama that popped up out of nowhere. We work our butts off at my job, and I have a very, like, work hard, play hard mentality. And so... Me and a few of our coworkers, we wanted to go see the Barbie movie, but all of the times after work were completely sold out and there weren't any seats for us to sit together. There were like onesie twosie seats. So we would have mm-hmm. been on like four corners of the movie theater. But yesterday, one of my coworkers was like, hey, if we go at four o'clock, we can all sit together. And we were still at the front, mind you. We were the fourth row from the front, which like I actually didn't mind it because it was like a smaller screen. But yeah, so I went and I asked my boss, who was also the head boss of everyone down there, hey, if we come in early tomorrow morning, do you mind if we leave early? You know, me thinking, I'll give you the time, the full time of the workday. And she was like, no, you guys work so hard. Like, you definitely can leave early. We only left work 45 minutes early. Okay. And one of the other people, like, got really offended by it and first of all they didn't even want to see the barbie movie and i was just like where is this anger coming from and it was just them power tripping so hard and they're in aries so it's bound to happen feelings get hurt and i definitely think they took the situation too far over four people leaving work 45 minutes early for bonding essentially i don't know that's we're gonna see how the event unfolds I am very curious because I feel like the the whole situation was blown out of proportion and it could have just been handled with a face-to-face adult-to-adult conversation. But now it's blown out of proportion. For 45 minutes? For 45 minutes. When you offered to come in early? And here's the thing. We didn't even take our full lunches. 
So I came back from a medical appointment today because I had injections in my back. And I went and I picked up lunch for the four of us, brought it back to the office. We ate in the break room really quick, 20, 30 minutes max, including cleanup time. And then we went back to work. If you think about it, we, were, we only missed out on 15 minutes of work, really. That's so dumb. Like, if you look at it from that lens, you yeah. know? I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'll keep you guys updated as things shake out. There are some details that I can't share, but just know that is how petty the situation is. That person is mad because they felt blindsided that one of their people it, was going to the movies with us. And I love the Barbie movie, by the way. I think it's so fitting that it came out during Leo season. I told the lady at the theater, I'll probably see it like as many times as I can because I just think it's so funny. Yeah, I still haven't seen it yet. I'll, right. I'll see it with you. Okay. Or you can see it with your coworkers. It doesn't bother me. Or your friends. Point, I'm going to go by myself if go I can't yourself. get anyone really else fun. to go. I'm super. I've been wanting to see this movie for Cody. so long. Cody wants to see it. <laughs> maybe. I'll stay home and watch the kids. Just maybe don't sit next to him so you don't have to hear his commentary. Does Cody talk during movies? Sometimes. In the theater? Not in the theater, but at home he definitely talks. Okay. At home is different. If you're talking to me in the theater, no. Okay, well, let's jump into Ariana Grande's birth chart. So, Ariana is a Cancer Sun, a Libra Moon, and a Capricorn Rising. And she does have a few other, like, Cancer placements. Her Saturn is in Pisces. But when I look at her chart, it, to me, it screams someone that is addicted to drama and mischief. And then, of course, like her Capricorn rising, she is going to capitalize on the drama and misfit. I feel like Ariana has had so many controversies, like, throughout her career. And all of it returns to her, like, making money, which I feel like is her, that's part of her, like, Capricorn rising thing. But one thing that I want to highlight is why we're talking about her today, which is her Black Moon Lilith. Do you have a definition of what... Lilith is in your birth chart, Kimmy? In general or in my birth chart? In general. Okay. Yes. Black Moon Lilith, it doesn't exist physically. It's not an asteroid or a planet. It's a location, and it's located at the point that mirrors Earth's location. So essentially, if you look at it, your Black Moon Lilith is on the dark side of the moon. Is like how they phrase it. And it also has to do with typically it is over sexualized. That's how people look at it as a placement. But instead, if you think of it as more of a void or a desire that's within you that yearns to be embraced and expressed, that's like the actual, or that's how you can apply Black Moon Lilith to your life. And it speaks to the deepest, or sorry, the deepest, darkest parts of ourselves that we're often too afraid to acknowledge because we start off being ashamed of those desires. And everyone has Black Moon Lilith in their profile. It just may not. You may need to just find a calculator to do it. Because for me, I wasn't expecting my Black Moon Lilith to be in Virgo since my moon is also in Virgo. But then I look at how my moon in Virgo is in my first house and then my Black Moon Lilith is in my 12th house. I don't want to get too in the weeds with that, but. Yeah, I used a calculator as well, and it told me mine was in Aries. Yeah, and your moon is Capricorn. Mm -hmm. So it really, I don't think that this is anything you can guess. My 
advice would be go to Cafe Astrology or astro.com. Yes. A couple of other sites will tell you what it is. And there's like actual Black Moon Lilith calculators like Kimmy was mentioning. So I used the calculator and then I went on to astro.com and just pulled my full birth chart again with all of the nodes and asteroids and Lilith. Mm-hmm. And then that's how I found it. But one thing that I thought was so interesting was Ariana has her Black Moon Lilith in Pisces, which is also in her second house. I don't know how in-depth you got in with your notes, so just jump in when you want to, Kimmy. Or if you want to start, if you have... Yes. Oh, I was going to... Should I give some background on why Lilith has that reputation? Yeah, let's go into it for people that are not familiar. So Lilith is a myth, or she is a mythical figure that originates from Mesopotamian and Judaic mythology. So she is Adam's first wife. And if you were raised religious or in a Christian religion, you've probably heard of how Eve was birthed from Adam's rib. With Lilith being his first wife, she was actually autonomous from Adam because they were both, like they both came out of the earth together. And because of that, she refused to be submissive to Adam and instead of embrace, or sorry, and instead of being submissive, she embraced her free will and her sexual independence. And in Hebrew, Lilith, so this is where Lilith gets a bad reputation, is in Hebrew it translates to night monster or night creature. Night monster? Yeah. Like a succubus? Yes. So Lilith's wild evil spirit is believed to curse pregnancies, steal children, and even steal men's semen as they sleep like a succubus omg so that's why black moon lilith is often over sexualized is because lilith the character figure a woman tells a man no and all of a sudden she's the most wild rebellious person ever that's how that's how i kind of see it yeah oh my gosh cody just handed me a digimon card called lilithmon does and she look she, evil? Yeah, she looks evil. Wait, let me see. She's got big boobies and bat wings. Oh, yeah, that's Lilith for sure. That's funny. She looks like a succubus. That is... Excuse me. That's so funny. Man. And then the other... How you mentioned Ariana's Capricorn rising and how... What did you say about... How she uses drama to make yes. money. Yeah. So Uranus which is the planet of rebellion, and Neptune, which is the planet of fantasy, are directly placed on her Capricorn ascendant. So these dramatic, passionate energies that are really prevalent in her life. about them. Yes, and all the delusion that comes with it, it's blended in with how ambitious and successful she is. That's why she's able able to just turn everything. You remember when she got barbecue grill tattooed on her hand? Yes, that's one of all of her controversies. (laughs) Yeah, that's so crazy. Oh. So like, her Lilith being in Pisces in the second house. So again, the second house is tied to money. Mm-hmm. So that's already like an ongoing theme in Ariana's life. And it also has to do with self-esteem, your value system, and the things that support your existence in our physical world. So people with this placement, they value freedom, independence, dignity, all things that are in support of Lilith, the idea behind Lilith. So she has the desire to become financially successful. And I would say Ariana Grande is very financially successful, whether she's doing acting, singing, or just being a personality. She gets a lot of her power by money, and then she also finds her stability there, which is one of the main priorities 
with Lilith being in her second house. And another thing is, so Lilith has to do with your shadow self. It talks about how, in some cases, she could use sex or seductive power for material gains. Sometimes I think about it, like, a lot of her relationships have been tied to creative projects. Like mm-hmm. when she worked with Big Sean and when she worked with Mac Miller. And now she is dating her co-star, Ethan Slater, from Wicked. So that also, to me, like shows that these conquests are tied to her material gains because whatever project she's working on, people are going to be automatically interested, drawn to it, and it's going to bring her money. And Pisces are very creative. And another thing, and just sorry, my dog's barking in the background. One thing that is a downside to this is in her relationships, she could treat the other people as if they are her possessions. So she objectifies objectifies these other people. And people with Lilith in the second house can be involved in a lot of flings. They put sex before deep commitment. And of course, like the rest of your birth chart can have more information or signs that point to this. But a lot of times, like what's at the very seat of this is she's afraid of being taken advantage of and left alone after other people get what they want from her. So she's going to beat them to it, essentially, is what that placement means. And then I was on tnrosemary.com. I recommend you guys search Lilith and tnrosemary.com because I really like her summary of she does all the houses and all the signs for Lilith. And when we talk about her Lilith being in Pisces, it just means she has a trouble with balance and she swings from one extreme to the other. And there's no middle ground. There's nothing solid for her to stand on. And it's because Pisces, as we've talked about before in our previous episodes, is driven towards escapism. So if you have a lot of unresolved trauma, that's where you're going to escape into different things. And so it doesn't always have to be drugs or alcohol or any other type of addiction. Like sometimes it could be being addicted to being in relationships. Mm-hmm. On top of that, her Libra moon also opposes her black moon Lilith and Pisces. Yes. Yeah, I was reading that too. So what do you have on that? I just put that with that since Pisces are so idealistic and how they always, at least in the beginning, are wearing rose-colored glasses. I feel like that just shows a lot of why when she bounces from relationship to relationship, mm-hmm. she's always... She's always trying to sell the fact that, oh, this is amazing. This is perfect. And she even does it whenever she talks about dating herself in her Mm -hmm. song, Thank You Next, where she's talking about how. When I was taking our notes, I had so many songs because I am an Ariana stan. Like I listened to her first album. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh, she writes so much about all this stuff. She's not she's never hidden that side of herself from her fans. I think we're just now connecting the dots. I think before, when she released Break Up With Your Girlfriend, I'm Bored, people were all like, oh, it's a joke. It's fun. No, she was being for real. She was being autobiographical when she wrote that. Yeah, she's very self-aware. Another thing, I was reading an article from Stylecaster written by Roya Backland. So she was talking about how her son is in her seventh house of relationships. So she loves being in love. And she feels most comfortable and most like herself when she's in a relationship. However, her cancer son is square her moon. Yes, And that's yes. what you were getting at. Yes, um, I, I missed that. I wrote too many highlight notes. I know because there was so much in her chart that like points to this. Yeah. But 
pretty much says that she's always looking for what's next. Mm -hmm. And next, come on now. Yes. And she craves the honeymoon period of a new relationship. And so that square, we've talked about it in previous episodes, where it's like a detriment, indicates a disconnect between what she wants and what she needs. And so she just ends up feeling dissatisfied because she wants to be in a relationship, a happy one as well. But she like craves that honeymoon period. And when she's out of the honeymoon period, that's when she moves on. And her, whoever she's dating is just left in the dust, unfortunately. But yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. And then Roya also talks about how Ariana, again, talking about the Libra moon opposing her black moon, the Lilith and Pisces. So it also rules over your most taboo, uninhibited desires. So she finds it really hard to resist temptation when she's in love, especially because Pisces can be idealistic, like you were mentioning before. So to me, it just sounds like all of these transits in her chart are pointing to her just not. She loves to be in a relationship, but she's not in it for the long haul. And I don't think Ariana knows what being in a long-term relationship is going to look like for her. And she mm -hmm. may be okay with it. She may be okay hopping from one person to the next one. But did we talk about her Taurus Venus in her fourth house? Not yet, but that is next on my okay, notes. Because I only have one line on it, so I'm sure you have more. Oh, I don't have a ton, but just with that Taurus Venus in the fourth house of home and family, Ariana wants someone who has proven their ability to take care of their loved ones and be in a relationship with someone. Which may be exactly what you have too, I don't know. Yeah, I also have her Venus is opposite of Pluto in her 10th house. Yes. So the 10th house of media and image and your career. So her reputation is pretty much stealing other people's boyfriends or husbands. I saw this video from this girl who said, when you finally see karma get Ariana Grande after she stole your man in 20 2010, People are like, you've been holding a grudge for 13 years. I would hold yeah, it longer than that. Yeah, traumatic enough. And of course, like the opposing argument is it takes two to tango. So the men that are entangled with Ariana Grande willingly got into relationships with her, willingly left their partners for Ariana. So they're just as much to blame. But now it's a pattern of behavior for Ariana so I am sure many people in her circle in secure relationships will probably be giving her the side eye moving forward. Well, my thing is, I think that there's hope for Ariana based on the transit that she's about to go through. But or I don't know if it's an official transit, but there's there's a shift in her chart where... Are Venus, you talking about where Chiron... Yes. Yes. I didn't write anything down for Where that. Venus retrograde will move directly over her Chiron in Leo this month. And so um, if you're not familiar with Chiron, it represents your deepest wounds. And so this retrograde for Ariana, if she does healing or if she does any healing when it comes to how she views one-on-one -on -one relationships, I do think that there's potential for her. But she's going to have to heal and use actual true love to change herself in a positive direction. And what's funny is that I, one of the articles I was referencing for her was talking about her husband, and then I scrolled back up to read when it was written. It was published January of 2022. Oh, wow. And how they already thought that maybe she did put in the work or that she would and eventually le live a peaceful married life. And the other reason why I don't think all hope is lost is because 
I don't know if you saw, but I watched a TikTok about Julia Roberts. I don't Maybe you haven't seen it. I didn't it. see it. Yeah. Yeah, there's no reaction, so I'm guessing you haven't seen it. But essentially, Julia Roberts, aka America's Sweetheart, did the same shit as Ariana. Bouncing back and forth from relationships, she also broke up an entire family. But the difference is after she was, I think, like engaged a couple of times and then married to someone and then cheated on someone who was married with a family, then she stayed with that guy and she's still been with that guy. And she's been redeemed in her eyes as America's Sweetheart because people don't really think about And so for Ariana and her placements, I think that it could definitely be a Julia Roberts situation. I'm not saying that she's going to stay with Ethan Slater because I don't think that's... Also, she's going through her Saturn return Mm -hmm. in Pisces. So maybe after her Saturn return, she'll have a little bit of growth. Who knows? Hopefully. But I know like astrology-wise, her relationship with Ethan is not going to last. No. Is what I'm seeing. Especially when it started during Venus Venus retrograde. retrograde. Yeah. And my coworkers have been talking to me about this, about... The implications of it and she was telling me that she has two friends who have been single for a long time one of them's never had a boyfriend the, the other one has has been single for the last five years the one that's been single for the last five years just got back together with her ex oh, from five years no. ago but they've been talking for a few months and so i was telling my coworker, i was like you know what venus retrograde not always a bad thing maybe they just got the clarity that they needed and now they feel comfortable entering the relationship but her other friend who's never been in a relationship just met some guy a couple weeks ago they just started dating and so i told her i was like honestly i don't have high hopes for the second one yeah i think if you go into it with the understanding of starting a relationship during venus retrograde won't be permanent then we'll have your expectations set so i have some friends that are that have started talking to people during venus and retrograde and i'm just keeping my mouth shut because one i want to observe and see what happens and then two i don't want to be like a debbie downer or whatever yeah But yeah, I think if you go into it with that mindset, if you are an astrology follower, I don't think there's anything to fear. Just think it's just something to be cognizant about. And that's what I was trying to tell her too, is I'm not trying to deter your friend from Mm -hmm. being happy in her relationship. Retrograde is all about slowing down and really thinking Mm -hmm. things through the lens of Venus in this situation. So as long as they do it in that manner. And then I know they were talking about people getting married during Venus and retrograde. And it's not a bad thing. It's just a thing. Yeah. Yeah. But like you said, it's a lot about like slowing down and reflection and thinking things through Mm -hmm. because you can make decisions like you bought your keyboard. Yeah. But you also did a lot of research on it. You made sure that you got the one you wanted. And then, yeah, we'll check in a few months and see where we're at with that. Hey, I bought a Taylor Swift piano book. Yeah, that's really exciting. I I love it. I'm here for it. One thing that I am enjoying about this Ariana Grande relationship is all the memes. So my friend Kelly sent me that picture of someone that photoshopped Ariana Grande's face on Ethan Slater's, like, head. It was hilarious. The lips were crusty, like, gosh, oh my gosh, looked like freaking a clown. I don't know. I I do like that we're able to poke fun at um, something that is so terrible. My apologies to Lily, Ethan Slater's wife, who he wished a happy mother's. Um, and Ariana Grande liked the post. And Ariana Grande liked the post. And then now she stole. Jesus, why? Oh, man. Listen, ladies or men, whoever you are, if you have a gut feeling, I don't know. I just feel like you should trust the gut feeling. Except in Ariana's case, I do think that she was hiding it. Like she was holding her cards very close to her chest. I don't think that oh, Lily. Oh, yeah, she was waiting for her moment to strike. 
that's just terrible to me. I think it's really messed up that she hang out. She hung out with all of them, got to know the wife, and you know, supposedly the baby. And then she was like, "Yeah, I'm taking your man, breaking your family apart." Like literal definition of a homewrecker. It just, oh, I'm so disappointed because I feel like obviously there's an issue with how we have idolized celebrities over the past few years. But my issue is, why do we always get to the point where we have to choose to love the art, not the artist, or or just like abstain from their art altogether? It's just frustrating to me. So I think you just have to draw your own personal line. My yeah. personal line is uh, peeing on people. So I don't, I can't find any joy in listening to R. Kelly. Fair. Not just that, but also all the underage girls that yes. he tried to. Yes. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And then Chris Brown abusing women. Yeah, I can't. I, to, to this day, I can't listen to Chris Brown. Even that song he did with Jack Harlow that's like a bop, I can't listen to it. I think it's called Best Friend. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I still listen to Chris Brown occasionally, but not like solo. If he's on a feature, I do. But that's all. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard. Uh, here's the thing. I don't believe in absolutes. And I also don't believe in judging people. As long oh, I as believe you can, in judging people, but that's because I have As long as you can denounce their behavior and not condone it, I don't know. I agree Who with am that. I to judge? I think it's like a personal thing, a personal boundary you have to set. But we are half an hour into this episode, Kimmy. Do you want to talk about our Black Moon Wolves, or do you want to save that for a part two? How much do you have on yours? I can put mine in five minutes. I can definitely do mine in five minutes, too. Okay. I guess for mine, I had no idea what my placement was or what it meant until we did research for it this week. And Kimmy and I did a little research session together, and it was, like, very eye-opening and funny. But my Lilith is in Aries in the fourth house. So a lot of it talks about how most of my challenges that I had with this placement happened in childhood, which is accurate. And the fourth house represents family, as we talked about before. So... It talked about how, like, I had a challenging relationship with my parents. At times, I felt rejected by my family. I didn't feel safe. So there was, like, there was definitely trauma and, like, transgenerational trauma. So, like, a lot of ancestral things that influenced me today caused me anxiety, which as I get older, like, the more I get a peek into what that can be, I can go into it later. But it says that, like, I had a daunting childhood, which I would say is accurate. And the thing that I found that was so interesting is... It talked about where, like, it talked about, like, essentially my parents' divorce. I don't know. I just thought that was so interesting that, like, those themes were very present in my life. And then with the sign being in Aries, so it says, I had trouble properly asserting myself, fear of taking the lead, even though I felt like a strong, deep desire to do. And then it says that this often manifests as someone who forces others to follow them and takes power as much as possible. So I just, I think about a lot of the things in my childhood that were outside of my control. And now as an adult, like I've already resolved a lot of those feelings and I did go to therapy and it had nothing to do with astrology or having that insight. It was just something that I did naturally. I'm glad in retrospect, that was something that was outlined for me and I've already overcome those challenges, but it's, I use it as a point of self-reflection. So to me, I found my Lilith placement, the house and the sign, very accurate. I don't know about you, Kimmy. I feel like mine is definitely very accurate. And then I also 
found a couple of my aspects too. So my Mercury squares my Black Moon Lilith. And I feel like that's that has to do with why I used to really love writing. And I've gotten away from that a bit, but like Mercury being communication and everything, and then my Black Moon Lilith being in Virgo, I feel like that makes a lot of sense. And then my Venus is sextile, my Black Moon Lilith. And so it just has to do with like charm and beauty and attracting others with my personality, also being very intense in love and having feelings that are very complicated. But then when it comes to my Black Moon Lilith on its own, talks about how I may go to pains to prove that I'm not ordinary, worried, eager to please, or concerned about details, but really I'm concerned about all of that. And that I leave very, or I leave many projects unfinished, which is a sign of a perfectionist expectation. Perfectionist expectation. Oh my goodness, I cannot talk right now. And I abandon those projects because I don't want to deal with the prospect of not producing something that's perfect. And I feel like that's so accurate because I'm always telling you about ideas that I have for the podcast mm-hmm. or really anything. And I'm just giving you those ideas in hopes that you. I just tell you to do them. them. Yeah, and then I don't do them. I start so many of them. If you look at our Canva right now, I have several things that I started and then just never finished. I'll get like halfway through the signs and I'm like, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And I have that problem. I feel like that's also why I've bounced around from, not bounced around, but I've had three different careers at this point. I tend to, when I start to feel like things are just meh or when I set the bar too high and then I'm like, okay, I don't want to hit this bar anymore, then I I feel like it makes a lot of sense for me. And that my my challenge is just to work on self-acceptance in general, accepting that not everything has to be perfect or... Yeah, just embrace things how they are and push them out there. That's so difficult. It is difficult, yeah. Yeah, and the fact that my that it's in my 12th house too, because my 12th house is empty or whatever and ruled by Leo, so I'm just interested to see how... I need to look into it further because honestly, Black Moon Lilith, even while we were researching together last night, it was so confusing in the yeah, beginning. Yeah, I thought it was a, like a little bit overwhelming just because it's opposites. So when you think about home and family, like it's everything bad associated with the fourth house. And then when you think about Aries, it's everything like the exact opposite of what's associated with Aries. So not having power and... Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. with mine in Virgo, it's all about... The Black Moon Lilith in Virgo is about structure, organization, and healing. So that's something that would you would be struggling with. Yeah, that's why I that do struggle. Lilith placement. Yeah. So it, to me, once I wrapped my mind around that, it made a lot more sense. And then figuring out how you can overcome it. So one of my things that I overcame, Lilith in the fourth house suggests that you don't recognize your feminine side, which I feel like growing up, where we grew up, I had a lot of internalized misogyny. And I think that's just because we grew up in the South where men had a lot of power and control, and I wanted that power and control in my own. I didn't want it through a man or from a man. Mm-hmm. But I, I, again, I think that's just how we grew up. And then with my sign being in Aries, like a lot of power being taken away from me just because the, our society was, well, big society is ruled by men, essentially. But definitely in our small hometown, like everything was run by men. You, We were taught from a young age to be submissive to men. So having that placement, it says that that attitude to women can be destructive. And I felt like it was very destructive until I 
like got older and I came to terms with my own internalized misogyny. And that was just like a lot of self-work that I went through. And then with Aries, having to understand that power doesn't come from outside of me. It comes from within me. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to wait for someone to give me authority. I don't have to wait for someone to recognize my power. I just innately have it. Yeah. But I'm 29 now with these skills and these tool sets. If I were to talk to 15-year-old me, I would be very lost and not know what's going on or where to start. So I think like I have the privilege of time to help me reconcile a lot of my Lilith challenges Mm -hmm. that come with that placement. I'm interested to see how the next probably like year and a half goes for me because I have a lot of important Virgo transits. So I'll be interested to see how that correlates with my struggles with structure and routine and boundaries and all of that. And also the healing part, how I am like decently open about my feelings, but at the same time, I do try to disassociate from them a little bit too. So there's definitely a lot of self self growth still for me. But yeah, I think it's like an earth placement struggle. Yeah. I also got to stop being so judgy. That's definitely. It's okay. What else did you have, Kimmy? Really quick, Aries will struggle with success competition winning taurus is it struggle or is it'll be a challenge challenge okay taurus challenge is worth values consistency gemini is communication information influence cancer is nurture support and sensitivities leo is visibility spotlight courage virgo already said is structure organization healing libra is partnership commitment and balance scorpio is transformation metamorphosis and depth sagittarius is expansion wisdom exploration capricorn is determination ambition motivation aquarius is rebellion activism progress and then pisces is intuition psyche creativity so if you find your black moon lilith i Rewind and see which three apply to you. I think it's also, I think I got this list from ooh, from the cut. There's an article on the cut that explains more about what Black Moon Lilith is. So if you scroll down to the bottom, of that's where you'll find this list as well. So I hope you guys found this episode informative. I know we put a focus on Ariana just because we love to talk pop culture. And then tying it into astrology, she just has so many things in her chart that indicate why she is the home wrecker of our generation. Oh, that's a bad tagline. Anyway, if you liked this episode, she's the next Julia Roberts. Okay? She's the yeah, she's our generation's Julia Roberts. That's a little bit better. If people don't know the context of Julia Roberts, if you like this episode, please uh, give us some feedback on Spotify. Leave us a comment on our socials we're thinking about starting up a patreon where we do mini readings for you guys and record episodes so let us know if you're interested in that and we will work harder to get it started up but other than that remember that real friends share their birth times and we'll talk to you guys later bye